Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Dungeons & Dragons. It's me, your story master, Scott Riley, and my party. We'll start the intros off with Eugene. Hello. Followed by Isby. Hello. And get him, got him. Got him, got him, get him. Logan Stormblast. Hello. And Osmond Meadowhome. Hey, everyone. Now, where was that book? Ah, here it is. Um, there's the passage I'm looking for. Nature is an untamed fury. Its wild chaos is both beautiful and savage. When nature was created and the gods witnessed its fury, they gave it a directive. Shape the beasts and plants of the land in a way so all will know the danger they face. Nature nodded in accord and made all dangerous things an enchanting sight. For you see, not even the gods can tame nature. Take the griffin, for example. Elegant in form, deadly in function. I would warn all who travel in and around nature to admire its beauties from a distance, and promptly continue to one's destination. Scomi Ilier, Philosophy Mundi, Volume 27. Wonderful. Alright, so, last time... You all heard the wild cries of birds and looked up into the sun to see griffins plunging at you from the sky. Everybody in the party make a constitution saving throw as your sight begins to fade and you think you're going you all think you're going blind. Logan. Twenty one. Next is Isby. Six. Oz. Eighteen. Eugene. Also six. Wow. Uh, Ghanem, do we get the Mark of the Beast? 20. As everyone's sight begins to fade, you notice black smoke bleeding from all of your pores. Eugene, you hear the voice of a small girl whispering in your ear, and she mentions a deity whose very name invigorates your very core, but you don't quite catch the whole name. Arcane words of power fill your mind, but unlike the conjuration magic you know so well, these spells have a different aura to them. They seem to have life imbued in the very essence of the spells. Isby, you see the black smoke hovering around your hips, and it slowly works its way up and forms a halo above your head before you lose your sight. You hear a very familiar little girl whisper into your ear and tell you that your natural affinity for perception and wisdom grows. She tells you that your, your, your mind will grow in time, and you feel this course throughout your whole body. Next, Ghanem. As the smoke exits you, you notice that it's traveling all to the same place, your shield hand. And once the last wisp of smoke centers itself on your hand, all of the smoke constricts and it's painful. It almost breaks your fingers, but it causes you to have a vision. You've never seen this place or these people before, but you see soldiers training with shields. You see a technique they perform and it becomes ingrained in your memory. As you regain your sight, you realize that you have new prowess with the shield. Oz, the black smoke pulls around your feet and suddenly shoots up and engulfs your head in a black sphere. You hear a voice in your mind telling you that your natural perception and intuition is growing too. And then blinding light shocks you back into reality. Logan, you're the last on the list. Lightning, manifest <laughs> Lightning manifests around you, 
but this is uncontrollable. Unlike the lightning that you've called forth before, this seems to have a mind of its own as it whips around for a few seconds. Then it turns on you like a wild animal and bites into your skin, but it leaves no marks. You see it bury itself into your muscles and hardens them like stone. You feel incredibly invigorated. Everybody but Isby and Eugene roll initiative. Isby and Eugene, as everybody's rolling initiative, the black smoke makes you seize up. And for a small amount of time, you feel like you have no control over your body. So uh, mechanically speaking, you, will be, you two will be the last on the initiative. Which of you has a higher dex modifier? Mine's two. Okay. Isby, what's your dex modifier? One. One? All right. So Eugene, you'll be second to last. Isby, you'll be last. Logan, initiative? 15. 15. Okay. Oz? 7. Gonem? 18. 18. And we roll for DeBerties. Gonem, you see these griffins coming down at you with hunger in their eyes. They're about 40 feet above you. What do you do? Is Logan still on the ground next to me? Logan's up. Remember from the previous episode, he came up and he was like, Whoa, Storm Dad's mad. Well, in that case, I will take the dodge action. Okay. No, no, you know what? Forget that. I'm going to, I'm going to hold an attack action for when they get within striking range of me. Okay. So Since when one's a, coming at me, when a griffin comes down, you want to whack it. Yep. Next on the initiative is the griffin that's coming for you, Logan, and Gonem. So the griffin comes down and lands right in front of you. It's unafraid of the weapons that you're showing it, and it goes straight for you, Gonem. So go ahead and roll your attack. <laughs> that one. As the wind follows the griffin landing, it brushes you, it pushes you back a little bit, and your sword swing falls short. The griffin sees this as an opportunity and throws its claws at you. 16 to hit. Does not hit. Okay. It scratches its claws across your shield. It sees that it's not gaining any ground with you, so it reaches around and tries to bite your arm with its beak. 17 to hit. Does not hit. Wow. So there's just a struggle going on between you and the griffin, but neither seems to be gaining any momentum. Next on the initiative is Logan. What do you do, Logan? Bonus action, rage. And then I'm going to reckless attack the Griffon. Whoo, roll with advantage. He's a 19. Yeah, that hits. 12 damage Okay. with the rage. And then uh, I needed to make, it's within a 10 foot space of me, correct? Yep. I need a dexterity saving throw. Okay. 19. Yeah, it passes, so it takes one damage. One damage? Okay. So altogether, that's 12. So what did I say? 7 plus 3, 8, 9, 10. 13. Two so 13, yeah, and one of it's lightning. Yep. As the griffin comes and starts to wrestle with Ghanem, you take your spear and see an opening in one of its wings. You penetrate one of the thicker parts of the wing, and as you do, lightning arcs off of your arm and singes some of the feathers. Uh, and as it does that, I'll, I'll stab at it and be like, the storm will not be kind to you this evening. 
Nice. And the second griffin comes down flying and makes a beeline for you, Oz, and it just comes in full of fury, lands right behind everyone in the party. You turn to face it and it goes to make an attack against you. It tries to scratch you with its claws and misses with a four. So as it's trying to rake at you, you hold up your shepherd's crook. I assume that's gonna be your primary defense there. Or you, yeah. have, you have a shield, right? Also, yes. Well, you tell me. Yeah, at this point it would be trying to make myself look bigger than it. All right. And then after you tussle a little bit, it comes in with its beak attack. There we go, a uh, soft 20. Yeah, that'll hit. You will take 10 points of piercing damage as the beak gets a large part of your shoulder and rends your flesh through your armor. <sighs> Next on the initiative is Osmit. I'd like to reach into my pack and offer up a ration with an animal handling check to try and get this thing a little under control. Okay, roll it. That's going to be 18. You handed this ration, and for a second, it stops its attack against you and sniffs the ration. But while this is going on, you notice that there's something very wrong with this griffin. Its eyes are red completely. The, the whole cornea, the iris, everything is red. And green blood seems to be spattered all over its chest. It looks like it's crazy, and it shakes off the ration, the smell of the ration, and tries to, you know, gets back into the tussle with you. All right. Oz, do you want to move or anything? Bonus action? Uh, yeah, I'd like to cautiously back up and make my way towards Gonem. If I remember correctly, your positioning was Gonem and Logan in front, Isby and Eugene in between, and then you in the back? Yeah. If you move towards Gonem, you'll be doing an attack of opportunity. Are you comfortable with that? Yeah, that's fine. All right. I mean, haven't hit you yet. God damn. And so, you, as you back away, you keep the shepherd's crook in between you and the wild flailing talons of the griffin and just slowly back away. You're like, nope, don't touch me. It misses horribly. There's something wrong with these. I'll say over my shoulder to Gonem and everyone as I pass, and that's all. And so as he says that, everyone sees the, the mad eyes of the griffins. They are clearly crazed at this point. Something is wrong with them. Eugene, you're up next. All right, so I would like to cast Suggestion oh. on the further away griffin. Suggestion? Do they have to be able to understand you? Uh, it just says you suggest a course of activity and magical influence a creature you can see within range. That can... Oh, yeah, they do have to understand me. Yeah, so I'm going to stop you there and so that you don't waste your action. You cannot... You know... Yeah, that, that won't do anything. You know that... <laughs> suggestion won't work on them so that's your first intuition but then you remember that it does not work um all right so i'm gonna cast silent image okay and right in between them and have it be that dude who jumped out of the carriage at us and tried to stick his guards on us can you make it take any form pretty much as long as it's within i believe a five foot cube dope i like that you create an image yeah so you've seen Bruga Nakamenye before, or are you trying to make it the carriage driver? Yeah, gonna make it Bruga Nakamenye. Okay. Just standing there right in between the two of them. And so is he just standing there? Are you making him flail his arms? What are we doing? Yeah, he's uh, pointing at both of the griffins. Okay. Nick, or would you like to do anything else? Nope. All right, uh, Isby, you're up, or you're last on the initiative. Get him. Um, guys, is, is anyone else... I can't see, and I'm going to freak out, and I know I got my 
wild shape, little bump. Let's see if I can find something here real quick. Do, 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 do. How about a black bear? I like that, and I'm sure Logan does too. <laughs> okay, so I'm just gonna turn into a black bear because I'm panicky. As you transform into the black bear and the mist subsides, you regain your vision as the black bear and see the battlefield before you with Logan and Ganem fighting a griffin up front and Eugene casting spells in between you two. And then in the back is Oz just pushing a griffin away with his shepherd's crook and making it towards Ganem. Hell yeah, I'm gonna go after the one that's um, messing with Ganem. Okay, so you wrap around Logan and Ganem and approach this griffin from the side. You are now flanking the griffin. Yeah, that's it for me. All right, back to the top of the initiative. Ganem. Uh, I will be taking the attack action, and as I do, I will use my bonus to try and shove the creature with my shield. Okay, strength check, right? Yup. All right, let's see. Contested athletics v. athletics. Oh, 23. Ooh, 20. Close, close. Then you I'll take my attack. Swing at him, bud. That would be a no, 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 19. Yep, that hits. I am going to use something I haven't used yet. I'm going to use a Divine Smite. Ooh. <laughs> on this one. I forget what it is. It's just a D8 at my level, right? I think it's one D8. It depends on the spell level you cast it at, right? I only have level one spells. Then yeah, you're going to add one D8. 19. So your sword starts to glow and the energy around it forms into lightning, the very symbol that Bransil wears. And you just come down and crack this griffin across the beak, leaving a deep gash in the hard shell of the beak and kind of setting it off kilter for a second. What else would you like to do? Sorry, it's 2d8 for first level spike. Throw another d8 on that. So that'll be another five points of damage, so 24 total. So the lightning gets bigger. Spoilers. <laughs> this griffin is looking really rough, but turns towards you, Logan, as you punctured its wing, and it will attack you now. It starts by trying to lash at you with its talons. 19 to hit. It's right. uh, 15 points of slashing damage as the claws come in and just tear at different openings in your armor, raking the skin. So, half? Yep, half, and I think you round down. I think, I don't know. Let's say it. I'm the DM, I make the rules, you take seven. Cool. It comes in again with a bite attack, and that will be a 20, soft 20. Yep, it hits. All right, we do a D8. Boo. You will take, th- or it's five total, but you'll take two points of piercing damage as the beak just barely scratches your hand a couple of times. And now you're up and you're face to face with this griffin who just got a nose job. Yeah, I'm going to reckless attack it again. Get him. It's a soft 20. Hits. Seven damage. And then I need a dexterity saving throw. Uh, 13. Uh, Hold on. So it'd be 13? Yep. So it it meets the beats. Yep. So... You still take two. Two damage. Got it. Again, between you and Ganem, 
pulling it back and forth with your tactics, you get another really clean hit in on the wing, and this time it burns the large tendon that extends the feathers up and down. You can smell the burning flesh under all the feathers. Nice. Next on the initiative is Griffin number two. Griffin number two sees the illusion that you've created, Eugene, and it sees it as an easy target and comes in for an attack at the image. Uh, that's a nat 20. Your silent image takes 24 points of slashing damage as the claws slice through the illusion and it dissipates into a cloud of magic particles and sparks. The creature being surprised by this turns towards you and attacks you with its beak. 14 to hit. Yep, that hits. Eight points of piercing damage as the beak comes and closes in on your arm. You pull it out just in time, but it takes a large chunk of flesh off as it does it. Ouch. Osmit, you're up next. Quick question. Is this reminiscent at all of the first time I went to Lake Town and the things that were affecting the creature in the cave? You would know this right off the bat. No, the things that were affecting the creatures in the cave were a toxic, it was, the the sludge was, you remember the sludge was black, right? The black. Okay, not green. Right, the green ichor uh, reminds you of something, but you're in the heat of battle and it's hard to recall all the things you've seen while fighting a giant griffin, so you do recall it. Makes sense. I'm gonna walk up to the one next to Gonum and just, I'll make this quick, friend, and I'll attempt to cast Inflict Wounds. Ooh, what level? Just first. Okay, roll it. That'll be a 15 to hit. That hits. A total of 18 points of necrotic damage. As you come and kind of gently rest your hands on the feathers of the griffin as it's fighting violently with Logan and Gonum, this dark magic comes out of your hands and just drains the vigor and endurance out of the bird. You see it crash to one knee and shake its head, and you see the redness dissipate from its eyes as it lays down. It's not dead, but it's having trouble getting back up. Would you like to do a bonus action or move? No, I'm good. Next on the initiative is Eugene. You have a bird in front of you, bud. A bird bird line. uh, I'm going to cast Mirror Image. Make three of me. I like it. So I don't don't want to get hit again. (laughs) You make your I'm pooping face, and (laughs) three exact copies of you pop up and start dancing around you in kind of a, not mocking gesture, but a very disorienting pattern. And the griffin has a very hard time following what's going on. Anything else? Uh, I'm going to move all of this kind of in unison backwards away from the griffin. Okay. Uh, we're going to get an attack of opportunity on that. Yeah, so I get to roll a d20 to see if it hits me or a duplicate. Yep, go ahead, roll it. Or right, let's see if it hits first. Hold on. Because if it, okay. go- it doesn't hit, then it doesn't matter. Uh, 14 to hit. That hits. All right, so does it hit you or a duplicate? It hits a duplicate. It comes in with its talons, slashing wildly, trying to hit anything in its path, and gets a really good scrape across one of your illusion's faces, and as it dissipates, it sticks its tongue out. Yeah, and I'm just going to take that movement and go back 20 feet. You got it. Isby, you're up next. Okay, I'm going to use my multi-attack. First, I'm going to try to bite it. I like this. Roll with advantage. Oz is opposite of you on the griffin, so. Okay. 19 on the bite attack. That hits. Count. Two. 
two damage? Yep. And then I'm gonna rear up and swing my claws at it. 22. Hits. Uh, don't worry about rolling damage. Tell me how you, you end it. It was at one. Ooh, rear up on my haunches and just big old slash to the neck. And so as you come down with the slash, bringing the full weight of an adult black bear, you hear the griffin's neck snap as the beak buries itself into the ground and the rest of the body just falls limp into the grass in front of Lokeron. Oh yeah, then I'm gonna roar. Next on the initiative, Ganem, you see this giant black bear come out from behind you and wreck this griffin's shit. What do you do? I will first be startled, then realize it's probably his beak. I'll turn, turn around since that griffin's taken care of, and I will. How far is the griffin, the second griffin, from me? Five feet behind you. You see Eugene kind of backpedaling as you turn around with two other, or yeah, two other versions of him doing the same motion. The other griffin looks decently healthy. I will run up, take the attack action, and I will attempt another shield bash. Okay, roll it. I will roll strength. Twenty-one. 17 plus 5, 22. Oh, buddy. So you throw this shield into the griffin and push it back five feet from you. Actually, I'm going to knock it prone. Oh, you want to knock it prone? Yep, shove gives me the option. Yep, it goes down to one knee and looks up at you in anger. Then I'm going to reel back hit him. Roll hit advantage. Him. Now that's a two. Does 12 get me there? It just gets you there. Yeah, so I'm going to hit him with another. I like it. Roll two extra d8 with your attack. 16 and 5 21 plus 5. 26. Cheesy peasy. Paladin's OP, bro. So once again, your sword is engulfed by lightning, and the lightning is so powerful that it almost drags your hand with it as if it, the lightning's forcibly willing your sword towards the griffin and you just sever one of the the wings you get about halfway through it before your sword stops and you pull it out the griffin is no longer able to fly two anything else nope stand my ground all right next on the initiative logan yeah so this griffin griffin's knocked prone right knocked prone and one of its wings is dangling off of it all right I don't already have advantage, but I'm still gonna reckless attack it. Hey man, Logan does what Logan does. But it, it's more along the lines of, I feel like if I reckless attack it, it's gonna realize that I'm a good target and I wanna be that good target. 23. Oh, that hits. Cool. 11 damage, and then I need a dexterity saving throw. 16. Yeah, it beats, but you still take one damage. Okay. So you guys are at yeah, this so point just tag teaming this griffin, and you get a spear right in under its throat and turn all of the feathers under its in its throat red with blood as lightning streaks across your spear. You got anything else for me, bud? While it's underneath, it, it's still alive, right? Yes. It's not looking good, though. Uh, yeah, I want to pull, like, like, push up on the spear and, like, try to pull its face closer to me and just be like, is that all you got, you dumb fucking bird? Just, you know, I wanted to try to come from It screeches at you violently while it looks at you with red eyes filled with anger. 
Next Ooh. on the initiative is the Griffin's turn. And Oz and Isby, I just want to double check. You have passive perceptions of 15. Yep. Uh, yes. Sorry, I'm 16 now. You're 16 now. Oh, that's even better. Thank you for letting me know. That'll be important. Oh, yeah, I would. I would, forgot I would have got that bump up to 16 too. All right, so anyone with a passive perception above 15 starts to hear what sounds like faint wind chimes in the air, and the griffin's eyes become clear, and it stops hostile action towards you. Oz, you're up next in the initiative. Yeah, I'll walk over to the griffin and just place my hand out in front of its beak and then attempt to pet it and console it to prove to the rest that it's not a threat anymore. All right. Uh, This happens. You have no issue approaching the bird, and the bird accepts your hand willingly as it its eyes, it's having trouble keeping its eyes open from the large loss of blood. While this is going on, Eugene, you're in the back of the pack. You notice a cat walking past you towards the other griffin that's still alive, and it's the strangest thing you've ever seen, even after coming to Nightvale. The cat seems to be made of nothing but the elements of nature. It's made. Its tail is made of large fir branches, and its haunches and joints seem to be made of rocks. The only thing about it that seems natural at all are the pale yellow eyes that it has. And it walks right past you. Okay. So all three of us are going to put out our hands and say, mm, Hello, I'm Eugene Bronco. Oh, are you? Oh my god, God bless you. <laughs> oh. So the cat turns around and tilts its head at you. And you feel something prick the back of your mind. And it reminds you of the first time you discovered what a non-alcoholic cosmopolitan tasted like. That first time you went out to the bar by yourself because you had no friends and tasted that, the joy just drips into the back of your mind. And the cat turns and continues to walk. Oh, so your name is Cosmo. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm the worst. You know, um, you're so good. I just wish I was a better DM. I don't know how to deal with that. <laughs> As this exchange goes on, the cat makes its way past the black bear Isby. And Logan and Ghanem, you see the strangest cat you've ever seen walk by you while Eugene is calling it Cosmo. I'm going to snarl like an angry, like an angry bear. Cool. It turns towards you, and do me a favor and roll a wisdom saving throw. Nat 20. Wow. You feel something prick the back of your mind, and the magic from this spell that's just pouring out of this cat seems to be trying to take away your ability to turn into a bear. But the primal instincts of your bear mindset push it back. And the cat kind of growls at you angrily, like, and continues to walk. I'm going to follow it and keep my teeth kind of snarled. Ooh, okay. I like this. Gonem, Logan, do you do anything during this exchange? Put my sword away and raise an eyebrow. Yeah. I I don't know what's up with this this, uh, cat. I mean, I'm kind of at a loss here. Osmit, you're the last to notice this as you feel a very familiar feeling is, you know, when you were in the cabin with Gaspard, there were stray cats that occasionally showed up. Something brushes aside your calf that reminds you of a cat being friendly with you. 
and you see the furball god walking past you and towards the griffin. Would you like to say anything as it wa- as it comes under your feet and goes towards the griffin you're currently comforting? I will just continue to attempt to apply pressure to the wound for the griffin and do my best to patch up the grievous wound on its neck. I'll look down at the spirit, but I won't say anything. Okay. So you're attempting to fix the griffin's wounds. Uh, roll a medicine check or blow a spell slot. Your choice. Start with the medicine. Okay. Uh, it's going to be 19. As the cat comes under your feet, you staunch a lot of the bleeding coming out of the wing. The griffin seems a bit revitalized by this, and the cat makes its way looking directly at the griffin's face. As it comes within nose, you know, uh, licking distance of the griffin, the griffin bows its head, and you're the only one that sees this, but the cat kisses the no- or the beak of the griffin, and the griffin gently rests its head in the grass and dies. The cat looks towards you, licks its paws for a couple of seconds, doesn't say anything to you, and starts to head back towards Lokron Forest. Isby, are you still growling at it? I think I'm just conf- looking confused at it at this point. Okay, cool. And so you're not being hostile towards it? No, just a confused bear. I, I'd like to walk up to them at this point and say, his name's Cosmo. I'll growl a little bit. Okay. okay. Well, <laughs> uh, his name's still Cosmo. Um, seemed pretty, like a pretty nice cat to me. The creature's name is in Cosmo, Eugene, and it's not really a cat. Mm. It is a Um, god for my people. Sorry if that was offensive. Not at all. At least not to me. So, I'm gonna real quick try to cast Mending to clean my shirt, but accidentally cast Cure Wounds on my arm. (laughs) As you go to cast the spell you're familiar with, your hand twitches as one of the memories from the black smoke triggers in your mind. Instead of watching the stitches on your robe come back together, you see muscle sinew and fiber start to stitch back together. Roll, uh, Cure Wounds is one or two. 1d8 plus wisdom. 1d8 plus wisdom. Cody, I'm so glad you're here. All right. That's a two plus two plus, I think it's three because I'm life domain. Uh, plus another two. Two plus the spells level. So, yeah, three. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Um, that's seven. Very nice. The wound closes up mostly. You, uh, recognize that it'll scar, but it won't reduce any of the motion or any of the range of motion or strength in the shoulder. Uh, that, that's new. Eugene, I was unaware you possessed that ability. Ah, you and me both. Hmm. It's a strange thing to happen upon. Um, yep. Anybody else need some scarring? No. Um, are we, are we done here? At this point, I'm just trying to climb a tree because it's something I've never been able to do before and I'm entertaining myself. Are you climbing a tree, Isby? As a bear, yes. Yeah. Roll with advantage, athletics. It's not very good, but let me check my athletics real quick. 
you get about halfway up one of the trunks of the tree line of Locron, and you're still new to being a bear. Your claws don't find a foothold or claw hold in the trunk, and you slide down to about a foot above where you started. Yeah. Two dead griffins, the god of the forest has at this point made its way back into the forest. and uh, oh, I was going to say I'd like to attempt to tail it. All right. Well, it's just passing Isby going back into the forest way. What do you do? Uh, yeah, I'll start walking, keeping a distance. Okay. Anybody follow him or no? Uh, no, I'm going to start making my way back, back to the city. I'll make a camp outside of the forest. I've already seen that I'm not welcome there. And Logan has a lot to think about, so he's just going to wipe off his stuff and just start heading back. All right. We're splitting the party. Yeah, the, the three of us are going to go with Oz. Okay. The three of Eugene are going to go with Oz? Yeah, we we want to get to know Cosmo a little bit better. All right. <laughs> the three. Because <laughs> they're two illusions. He hasn't stopped. Well, yeah, because yeah, Mirror Image is in a concentration spell, right? Eight hours. That's a good spell right there. All right, Eugene, uh, really quick. Let's just do marching orders. Logan's heading back to the city. Eugene's following Oz. What else we got? What? What are you doing? Like, I'm not going to like, I'm going to go a bit further out and I'm going to set up a camp, like, like a small fire. I'm not like going all the way back, but I've already been shown that people like me aren't welcome in the, in the forest. So yeah, I'm going. going to yell after Ozmet. Hey, Oz, you going to be all right on your own in there? I don't know. You want us to come with you? I mean, I'm certainly not going to turn it down. Dryads be damned. I'll protect you to the best of my ability. He's not going alone. Also, what I, the heck? I have three <laughs> perfectly good friends coming with me. Not to say I won't take more help, but... I'll look back to Logan and be like, see if I could catch his attention. Yeah. Uh, I've got him. I don't really want him to go alone. So I'm... I can hear you. <laughs> the last time I tried to we tried to walk in there. We got shot at with arrows and basically told that we're not welcome there. That humans aren't welcome in. I'm going to walk over and make bear noises. I was also told I wasn't allowed anymore. <sighs> All right. Yep. I can't have you dying in there. The last time we went into the forest, we lost one. And I'll take out my spear and I'll follow you in. Is anybody not following Oz at this point? Nope. Thank you, guys. This means a lot to me. It's what friends do. Kind of new to that, Eugene, but I appreciate it. You all enter Lokron Forest, passing the tree line. You hear no bows being drawn. In fact, the forest provides natural ambience for you. There are birds chirping. You see a rabbit run through the brush uh, every now and then. As you follow the furball god, who at this point still appears as a cat with twigs and berries and branches assuming nobody says anything to it you follow the cat for some time oz you recognize that you're going deep into sudarbra the southern part of lokaran forest at one point the cat turns around and sits down nothing about the place it's sitting seems special to you oz you are deep in the forest of Lokron. There are trees around, natural brush, and the soft cooing of different birds in the canopy of the forest. And the cat begins to lick itself, sitting on a small stone. I'll make my way up to it. Okay. 
as you make your way up to it, you notice that it starts to transform. You hear the snapping of branches and the shattering of stone as pebbles and branches start to co- collect around it, and it becomes an enormous wolf. We're talking 10 feet high at the shoulder with fangs made out of large tree branches, and it just growls at you very gutturally when you get within about five feet of it. You can feel the heat of its breath on your face. Oddly enough, it smells very refreshing. It smells like pine. How fragrant. Super fragrant, like fresh car... uh, car, Pine saw, baby. Yeah, thank you, pine saw. Like you're cracking open a fresh bottle of pine saw. Hopefully I don't meet the power of pine saw. (laughs) You're within five feet of it. Easy. I know might not be on the best of terms right now, but I want to help. I can clearly see that things aren't the way they used to be in Lokoron. Roll a roll a persuasion check, please. Oh, yeah, minus one charisma is good. I mean, you're trying to tell it not to eat you. <laughs> uh, two minus one it is one. The giant wolf starts to walk around you, and you recognize this as predators skulking. And you hear a voice in the back of your mind tell you that we will handle this. You don't belong here anymore. Do I do I recognize this as like a predatory thing? It's pretty obvious. Yeah, I'm gonna put myself in between the wolf and and uh, and Oz. And as it circles, I'm gonna keep my shield and my body in between it and Oz. Okay. How long how long did it take to get here? About an hour. You've been traveling into the forest for about an hour-ish. Cool. I'm still there, so I'm gonna start snarling again. Okay. Do you make your way towards them, Isby, or are you still about five or ten feet, or at this point you'd be about twenty feet away from Oz? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna get, like, a couple feet behind Oz. Okay. As you run forward, Ganem and Eugene, you notice a very strange sight. Something seems to have appeared out of the aether onto Isby's back. It's a small green creature, somewhat humanoid in nature, with black eyes and a hollow hole that is just a void of a mouth. And it has small pieces of grass growing out to kind of mimic the look of hair. And it's just riding on Isby's back as she charges forward to protect Logan and Osmond. Do aliens exist in this universe? That's a great question. Roll a history check, Eugene. <laughs> Legit. Alright. Uh, 14. It's common knowledge that there are other dimensions, and there are visitors from other dimensions. This does not match the descriptions of anything you've read, though. Okay, just a little green man, so just making sure. Little green humanoid. It's gender neutral, <laughs> bud. Alright. Got him? Anything? Or are you good? Are you just watching the show? I'm like pointing at it, like, uh, what is that? Cool. As Isby makes her way to the forefront of what seems to be an ensuing battle, Osmit, you notice one of these creatures with a slightly misshapen head sitting on your foot. Logan, you have your shield raised, right? I'm assuming. You yes. Do. Sorry. You notice as your shield is raised, 
one of them appears and falls and kind of hangs on to the edge of your shield as it slides down to the bottom of the rim and it's dangling there like the little cat posters that say hang in there at this the spirit of the forest turns into a small cat again and says to Osmit specifically well I guess you're not totally a lost one yet and Osmit you recognize these creatures as tree spirits and I don't have a creative name for them, so I'm going to borrow from Japanese tradition, and they are known as Kodamas. Like Yay! So Does you, one of them have a butt face? They all have butt faces in my world, bud. Oh, it's so, it's so good. You also, really quickly for story purposes, Osmit, you recognize this as nature's neutral blessing. The spirit, If the spirit of the forest is the voice of nature... Kodama rep- represent the heart of the forest. Like, uh, how do I? Put it was it? a good omen for them to be around you. Exactly. It's basically this forest. So the 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 forest is vouching for me. The, in other words, thank you. The forest is vouching for you, even if the spirit of all of nature is baring its teeth at you. This forest says that you are welcome in its presence. And the cat is now sitting, continuing to stare at you with slightly closed eyes in a suspicious manner but its hostility has reduced isby at this point you don't feel it but you see the small creature walking down your nose and jumps off the tip of your nose like a diving board into the grass it, it feels <laughs> it, it seems weightless as if it was made of pure air i'm just gonna shake my head okay the spirit after a couple seconds of silence looks at you oz and says I don't need your help to deal with these problems. Go back to your city. You smell awful. That's fair. I probably haven't had a bath in a while. And I'll just put on the biggest sheepish grin I can. And Look, I don't know why you would turn away help. I swear this isolationist view does not help Logaron in the slightest. If we were to invite the humans in... Or any of the intelligent races, what do you think would happen to the forest? Lost one. Sure, you run the risk of uh, industry as well as other things, but look, what have we done in this forest since we've gotten here? We only wish to help. And yet you impede us. I don't understand why. Because you have lost your way. And you forget that without the forest, man is nothing. Without the forest, life is meaningless. And all humans want to seem to do is to obliterate the forest. And until you remember that, I do not wish your help. All right, well, I'll figure it out myself. Okay. The spirit of the forest nods at that sort of respective respectfully as if what you've said secretly you could see a small smirk on the cat's face as if what you said pleased it a little bit and it begins to turn away and says suit yourself you notice that several of the faces on the tree spirits become very melancholy as if this was a a fight between two parents you're seeing the children with sad eyes I'm not going to delude myself and pretend you didn't lure me here on purpose. And I'll start to look around and 
see what I can see in the area. You do that, and you hear, and this is just you, good, then you may have found your way home. And the cat walks away and disappears into the underbrush. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, all right. Get it together, us. Get it together. Eugene, help me look around, please. Yeah, uh, all right. Um, okay. I guess we could be looking for the uh, possibly the same kind of material that was on those griffins back there. They might be a start. Material? What material? You didn't see that there was some sort of uh, lichen or sludge that was on. I suppose I did. So we're looking for a type of moss, the kind of moss that... Okay. Well, it was more like a sludge. Moss sludge, got it. Perfect. All right, you guys are investigating for that. I'll let you two quickly roll either... Oz roll with advantage, or you two roll two individual investigation checks. Uh, I have guidance. Say we each do one. Yes, and yeah, I hear you, Eugene. If you want to cast guidance on each other, you can like bro handshake and guide each other. Yeah. (laughs) All right, let's get guided. That's an additional D four, right? Yeah. That's not bad. Did okay. Got a 13. A 13? Okay. Osmond? 17. All right. Really quick, we'll finish up your investigation, then I want to give the party a chance to do stuff. Oz, you comb through some of the brush, and you notice several rocks that are broken and scattered. As you pull off one of the flatter stones that's decently sizable, you see something that puts a little bit of the fear of God into you. You recognize the mask of the assailant cracked in half under the stone, and it's covered in this mixture of green and red dried material at this point. It kind of looks rusty in nature, and it's about a quarter of the entire mask, but you recognize that you've never seen another mask like this before. Uh, Assailant from when? Yeah, I should clarify. When Gramp Naster fought that person during the duel who you have surmised at this point is most likely the main antagonist, Fenris. Gotcha. It's a quarter of his mask, the upper right corner, including the eyepiece. Eugene, you dig around in several of the bushes, and you almost instantly see this green material that Oz is talking about, and it hits you like a truck. The smell of berries and sugar penetrates your nostril you remember this from when you fought the non-tuk in Lokron before whenever sabine ripped her axe out of one of the writhing bodies of the non-tuk this smell just percolated through the entire chasm and its texture and shape are undeniable so you got non-tuk blood and a piece of fenris's mask and it looks like they did not get along what's there all right so we'll pause there ganem yeah isby logan what you doing in the forest, guys? Uh, I walk up to Logan, and I kind of, like, friendly hit him on the chest and go, well, that's two gods I've come face-to-face with now. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm still on one, so this is my first time seeing one. Uh, I don't really know how to feel. Probably. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, 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 it's a little overwhelming. Um, I don't know. I just got a lot on my mind. I passed out and some things happened. It's just, I'm just in my head, man. Just don't pay any attention to me. I just raise my hands up and just start like pacing around this little clearing we're in. At that, Logan's gonna find like go find like a rock to sit down on. Okay. And just wait for them to figure something. He's he's in his head. He's got a lot of stuff that he's worried about, like if he did it wrong or you know, he's he's I don't know. Okay. No, you're good, man. He's having a rough time. I like this character development. Yep. Isby, you climbing trees? Isby's really enjoying being a bear because if like feels because Isby has you know body issues because she's a tiefling so she's just kind of really enjoying this being a bear and it feel it's starting to get used to the wild shape but I'm gonna see that Logan's sad and I'm gonna go over and like like well Logan's in his head I'll just still in bear form because I'm gonna take the whole two hours and then I'm just gonna go for a minute and put my head on his leg and then I'll go back to climbing trees. I like this. As, as this happens, Logan, you see Isby kind of sit next to you. And as she does, you hear the sound of an adult black bear, just boom. And the head is in your lap. Yeah. I'll, I'll give her like a pat on the head and just, you know, say thanks is. And then I'm going to go back to bear shit. All right. Just a uh, real quick check. Eugene, are you jealous or are you good? I'm shitting myself over non-tube blood. Oh, fair. All right, so we're going to come back to Oz and Eugene. You guys make this discovery almost simultaneously, and what do you do? Uh, Oz, I didn't find any sludge, but I did find something that's equally disconcerting. I found sludge and something that's worse. (laughs) (laughs) Worse than non-tube blood? Oh, fuck, non-tube blood? Um... Uh, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, I'm still going to go with worse. What'd you find? And I'll, well, I'm currently going through my chest, handy dandy chest. And I don't have any tongs or forceps. I'll grab my shovel and I'll scoop up the mask. Okay. You scoop up the mask. The shovel has no problem picking it up. You don't see any magical or physical reaction. And you present it to Eugene. Eugene, you see a shovel. And you recognize this too as I feel like it was an important moment for you. You probably would have committed a lot of this to memory. The mask of the assailant of Gramp Naster who killed the head knight. Uh, boy. Oh, to be clear, a piece of the mask. Um... Okay, so what are we going to do about this? And why would they have... Why would... We're pretty far away from that cave. Why would Nantuk have been all the way here? And why would... uh, Why would that mask be here? And why would that god care about this and want to lead you to it? Well, Eugene, there was quite the expansive tunnel system. Who knows how far the Nantuk spread under Logoron? Not yeah. to 
worry you anymore with words that you probably haven't considered that terrifying at plausible possibility. No, no, I hadn't. I absolutely had not. Gonna billow my cape to try to reassure myself. But I'm gonna do what I always do when I have big decisions to make. And I'm gonna pull out my mess kit and start collecting various herbs around and start making a big old pot of tea. I like this. Uh, do me a favor. Roll a survival check. No, 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 19. Okay. You start to brew the tea and everybody notices as Oz sets up the kettle and creates a small fire to do this, that the tea is very aromatic and somewhat calming as it kind of floats on the air of Lokron. So I, right now, is it just the two of us sitting down as he's making tea? Mm-hmm. So I do know a spell that I could use to try to locate the remainder of that mask, but I don't know if that would be worse than better. Well, it might give us some answers. I'm not going to say that it's the wrong thing to do, and I'll hand you tankard. And I'll take a take a big swig. Okay. Uh, as you take a big swig of the tea, I assume? Yep. You feel invigorated, Eugene? You will get inspiration. Oh, good. And, you know, you are, you are aware that the tea is so tasty that it has bolstered your resolve. That's 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 a mighty fine tea. Um, it was my favorite to make when I did live here. It's very it's very good. Um, so I think we might need to clue in everybody else as to what we've come across. Yeah, I figured this would help, and I'll begin feeling more tankards, motioning for rest. Okay. Everybody else in the party, you see Oz wave you all over. Isby, at this point, you've caught the another you've caught the attention of another black bear, and it's been playing with you in the trees and trying to communicate with you. Oh hell yeah! Everybody, go over and sit down. Okay, cool. I was like, yeah, you guys are gonna. All right, so Ganem, you go over to Oz and Eugene. What about the other two? Yeah, you're really gonna have to like make an effort to get my attention at this point because I got a bear friend. <laughs> Yeah, Logan really doesn't know what he's doing anymore. Uh, he's if Logan doesn't come over, I'll report him. All right, so we'll we'll find out. I you are you are torn right now, Logan. Do you sit with your friends or do you sit and contemplate your choices? Um, or do you start a punk rock band? This is D and D. You do what you want, man. Punk rock band. We'll all be bards. Just to just to be completely honest, like. Logan's wondering if he should even stay or stick around anymore. Like, he's worried that his entire... The, the things he was taught from, like, day one as a Stormfried Barbarian might not be what he thought they were. And he feels like he might have to go home to, to like, figure stuff out. Well, do you trust your party enough to talk about that? Or are you lone wolf in it? I'm going to keep it to myself for right now. I'll go over and sit. All right, Isby, you're you're the last one. Everybody's over there and you're talking to bears. Well, would they've made it obvious enough for me to notice you if I'm very enamored? Yeah, you've got a 16 pass perception. Oz is making it very clear. He's waving everyone over. You hear Logan and Ganem make their way towards the campfire. Okay, then I'm going to 
go ahead, transform into back into Isby and walk over, confusing the other bear. The other bear is perplexed by what just happened. If you've ever seen Sword in the Stone, when the boy tur- or when the wizard turns back into a squirrel or turns back into a human after being a squirrel, that's the look the bear gives you, just utter shock. Poor bear. And you all sit around the the tea fire, if you will, with Oz and Eugene with, I would assume, very sullen or serious looks on their face. I'm, I'm having a bit of, like, <laughs> Eugene is having a bit of a panic attack. Because the, the experience with the Nantuk was so traumatizing for him. He's, he's really freaking out a bit. You all see this. What's wrong, Eugene? What's going on, I, bud? It's, uh... We, I found Nantuk blood. I, there's, I, did, I thought the Nantuk would have stayed closer to where, they, where we found them. We're just so far away from uh, where, where we found There's, I just didn't expect to find that here. I, I just did I... Hey, hey, it's, it's okay, bud. Just take a breath. Yeah, drink, drink some tea. Just breathe in, breathe out. So in through the nose, out through the mouth. Yeah, I'm just going to sit there and drink my tea and try to calm down and not really say much more for a little bit as I'm trying to calm myself down. So you found non-tooth blood. Oh, that's not all. And I'll present the mask of the presumed Fenris. Oh my god. So I'll start looking around to see if it looked like so there's blood and a piece of mask. Was there a fight here or like are things broken down? Like pieces of trees, are there like holes in the in the forest floor? Like can I investigate to see if like a fight went down? Uh you don't you can investigate from your general perceptions over a 10, right? Uh no. Okay. Yeah. Uh, roll an investigation or a perception check. Yeah, it's a four. You don't notice anything out of the ordinary. The brush that seems to be broken or pushed aside could have easily been done as Isby was walking around as a bear. Do you, do you want some help, Logan? No. No. I'm, I'm fine. Okay. I, I just... So the non-Tuk were here and so was this Fenris guy which means that the non-Tuk are out of the are out of this underground system that we found. And maybe this Fenris guy is in the woods somewhere. But it seems like they're trying to kill each other, so I'm not really opposed to that. The enemy of my enemy is my friend and all that. Sure. But which one's the the, the worst enemy? Unfortunately, I don't have an answer. Yeah. Honestly, it seems like this Fenris guy, he's the one who is in the city ripping people apart, you know, having these massive plans while the non-Tuk aren't, most people don't even believe exist. So they couldn't have been causing too much trouble beforehand. But at the same time, this could be getting us closer to one of those pack spheres. True. Which we did agree to help with. Just gonna so, back and forth. Do we? Wait, Eugene's rocking back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. At that, Logan's gonna walk over and, like, after we got out of the caves, he's gonna grab you behind the neck and have you just look at him, 
and I'm big, and he's like, no, stop. You've made it too far to fall back now. You're stronger than this. Pull it together. You've come this far. Don't fall apart. <sighs> you have this. You're stronger now. Come build my cape. Put it, on a strong face. It ruffles through the wind brilliantly. Okay. Okay. All right. You have this. <sighs> so, do we want to continue looking through the forest, or do we want to go back, see what Fixstar has for us, or go back and get supplies and then make our way back here? Well, I have one other question. Is Are the Nantuk the problem that uh, your your god is worried about in the forest? Or Fenris? Do you know? Uh, I don't, Eugene. I don't. I wish I had an answer for you. What if it's both? Maybe it's the reaction between this mask and the non-tube blood. But if the non-tube, they seemed like animals or insects and they've been around forever, you'd think that maybe they'd have this effect beforehand, like the forest would know about it. The only new entity that I think is here is this Fenris guy. Well, that's my point. But what's... You say the Nantu could have been here. There's tunnels all underneath the forest. If that's been the case for hundreds of years, thousands of years, what's new? That mask, you say. Hey. So... What if it's the reaction between the two? You didn't you say didn't I hear you say something about they trying to stop the world ender? That's what the Nantuk said that they were trying to do. Well, what I'm thinking is the Nantuk are savage. We need answers. We can get answers maybe from Fixstar, maybe from Fenris. But both of them are back in the city. Are they savage? Uh, they seem to be. But they also spoke. One they of them told did. You, well, one of them did. One of them told you that they were trying to stop this world ender. Doesn't seem like savagery. And they also dragged an individual down a hole and tore his carcass apart, so... There is that. And they also ate a child, if what you told me is true. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah, I really wish Gaspar was around. He might have some answers. Or even some of our elders of our tribe might know. And I could think of one under one other individual, but I wouldn't even ask you all to follow me there. Only follow you this far. Is your tribe near? Like My tribe is migrant within Logron. DM interference. Oz, you recognize that the while there is slight randomness to their, their migrations, the general gist of it is as the year gets further on, they move closer and closer to the northwest end or northeast end of the forest. You are currently on the southwest end. So if you know if the forest is a calendar 
they're three quarters of the way through the year as you guys are entering fall. So they are probably somewhere far into the forest. Well, we are migrant. I could probably lead us to them. I have a general idea of where they are. How long do you think that would take? (laughs) It would be a trip, Isby. Uh, Do we have time for that, though, right now? We don't have any other jobs except for finding these pack gems or whatever the hell. It would be about a fortnight. Pack spheres, and I think that's a pretty good job. Well, we wouldn't know if we got the job or not unless we went back. We currently have a contract with Grimm, or so I thought. We didn't get it yet. No, that's right. We didn't accept it. But we know it'll be there. It's open-ended, at least to my understanding. What's Who's this other person? I would just go by the name of Auntie. She's not an individual that you meet. Well, is this Auntie close? It would take about a week to get to her. So about half the time to get to my tribe. <sighs> but she doesn't do anything for free, and she usually drives too hard a bargain. We're, what, a, a day or two back from the city? Back to the city? Are you asking the DM or the party? Uh, yes. Yeah. Day and a night. You, you, so, will, you will camp overnight and be back in the city by midday if you headed back now. So I think it may make sense to see if we can learn anything from Fixstar. And if we don't get sufficient answers, we can formally accept the contract from Grimm. And then depending on if there's any other outstanding work, head over to meet Auntie. But that's even if Fixstar would give us the information in the first place. He tried to keep us in the dark when this all happened. Okay. So if you'd rather go see Auntie, if you think we're well enough provisioned, let's do that. Uh, I mean, I'll pat the chest on my back. I can take care of supplies. But I also want you all to know that it's not really safe to meet her. If you're all okay with that. I don't think it's safe anywhere anymore. That's a very, very disconcerting and real point you have there, Logan. I I just don't... Even the places that we thought were safe, even home or in our own heads or what we believe in is safe anymore. So at that, I'm going to grab Logan like he just grabbed me. Yes! I'm, I'm grabbing a tankard as well and putting it towards Logan. And saying... Logan, you are one of the strongest people I know. You need to snap out of it. Look, we've got been through a lot together, and we've got a lot more to go through. And if you're ever going to accomplish what you've set out to, you need to pull it together. If not only for you, for me, because I need you to pull me out of it when I'm feeling down. So I'm doing it for you now. I don't know how Logan would react to that. Take a second. Hopefully, with shock. Oh, <laughs> yes. It's 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 shock. It's basic shock. It's shock and like a little bit of sadness. It's shock because you know he didn't you know never expected it from from Eugene, but it's also sadness because he never thought he'd be in a place like this, like in a headspace like this. So he'll look over. 
and look Eugene in the eyes. Take a deep breath. You're right. I need you guys. I'm sorry. We've got a long road ahead of us. I'm just gonna, like, hand on the shoulder. I'm not gonna say anything, though. I'm going to pull Eugene in, and I'm gonna give him a hug. Alright. Oh, yes. And I'm just gonna say, like, in a tremble in my voice, thank you, Eugene. As this heartwarming moment happens, everybody but Ghanem's hand beats and pulses three times. What the hell is that? We cannot come uh, to the phone right now. Please leave a message after the beep. <laughs> We're having a moment. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to ignore it for a moment. And Sorry, that was, that was, my mic moved in. Are you good? I'm not ignoring it. I'm with the... Uh, what, 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 what? It's... Volk. <laughs> <laughs> that that was so good, Oz. I'm hugging it out. <laughs> Fucking Volk. Just like press the button. It doesn't do anything. You recall the description is that when that happens, there's work at Omni Repair. Volk promised not uh, to I, use the. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Again. You I know, forgot. it's probably just the Pax Sphere arrangement. I also yeah. forgot. But let's, why don't we do this? We'll go back to the city, grab what supplies we need, get this thing from Pixar, because they're not going to leave us alone until we do. And I don't need my hand glowing red if I need to sneak around some forest. That's a good point. And I personally will ask Pixar information, and he's not going to like if he blows me off again. You know, you're right, Logan. I'm probably letting my emotions get the better of me here and normally i would be the one to suggest caution no no no. i i like this new this new uh oz the the tons of the, the emotion i get it I'm, I'm a pretty emotional person myself here i know when i'm in a difficult headspace that always helps it's my uh, favorite kind and i'll pull up a special pouch for my side which is navy blue open it up and take just a very small dash of sparkling silver powder and pour it into the cup. Small, say a small incantation. Here, it's magic. It'll help set your mind on the course that you really wish. It'll bring forth what is true in you. Uh, okay. And I'll take it and I'll drink it. All right, you drink it. You feel calm, but you're not sure if that's a placebo effect or the magic. I wouldn't know anything about magic, so I, right. I totally believe him. All right. <laughs> you guys have decided to head back? Yeah, I believe so. As long as that's all right with everyone else. Yep. Yeah. The last thing I need is for us to get caught unawares out in the, out in the uh, forest again. Which is good because you notice the sun is beginning to set. Even in the dense canopy cover, the light that penetrates certain areas of the forest is the color of the evening. Yeah, let's let, let's get the hell out of here. Oz, if, oh. if you want to lead the way. Yeah. Before I go, I'll just take one longing look off into the dense and then start my way. Okay. You all leave the forest marching together. Occasionally, you will, every single one of you at one point during your walk will notice a Kodama either behind a tree, over a rock, or whatever. But it seems like they're following you out. 
as you break the tree line, Oz, everybody behind you notices the Kodama scatter and disappear into various pieces of nature. And a chill crawls down your spine as your foot exits the forest. And you just hear deep in the back of your mind, Why do you keep leaving me, Oz? And it sounds very distant, but very familiar. Mm, Nobody else hears this. We'll meet soon enough. Everybody leaves the forest. You make it to your previous campsite without a lot of issue. It's a little closer to the road than you remember, and it's decently deep into the night. Who wants to take watch tonight? I'll take the first one. Okay. I need two more. Uh, I'll I'll go second. Actually, I'm going to go last. Okay. I'll take second. All right. We'll start with Ghanem. Everybody muddles around the campsite until it's time for bed and falls asleep relatively easily. Ghanem, roll me a perception check. Eleven. The natural sounds of the night make you doze off for a little bit because everything seems so peaceful. Nothing eventful happens during your watch. No more of that tea for me. <laughs> and then you go to wake Osmond up? Yeah. All right. Oz- Just tap him lightly on the shoulder. Okay. Oz, you awake? Yeah. Good. Sorry. Get some sleep, Ghana. I'll need it after that tea. It's too calming. <laughs> All right. Osmond, roll me a perception check. 18. Again, everything seems quite calm. You notice that another caravan, most likely a trade caravan, seems to be making its way into the city. It's slightly off in the distance. By your estimate, in 20 minutes or so, the caravan will start to pass you all. Uh, no reason to do a force march. We'll save her. Uh, you're, the rest of your watch is uneventful. Do you wake up, Logan? Yeah. All right, Logan, you awake. Cool. I'll wait till... I'm sure that Oz is asleep. Uh, I'm going to take off my sh- my uh, spear and shield, and I'm going to lay them in front of me. And I'm going to clean them off with the um, rainwater I have in my flask. And while I do that, I'm going to kind of pray, Rhaegar, I don't know what's real anymore. I don't know what's right. You... My parents raised me, and they lived in your light for all of their lives. They told me that the the power that I have has to be earned. It can't just be given to me. You have to fight for what you are to get to to where you are, Rhaegar. And then you send Urza, and he tells me to take whatever I can, whatever power's available. It doesn't matter where it's from or who it's from, as long as it's power, and it just... He's so strong and it just doesn't feel right. And I'm lost. Roll me a charisma check. Yep. Uh, That's a 19. As you finish the prayer, do you say this prayer audibly or in your head? Oh, audibly. As you finish your prayer, you hear the sounds of the caravan driving by you. You hear the rustle or the the creak of wheels, the stamping of hooves, and several of the guards passing by, you know, saying things about you as you're kneeling down and praying. 
and you feel a very gentle hand on the back of your right shoulder, and you hear a very soft feminine voice, forgive me. You wouldn't happen to have some water, would you, for a weary traveler? I'm gonna be surprised. Uh, yes, ma'am, of course. And I'll, I'll turn around and hand her my flask. Okay. You notice a woman with dark brown hair and piercing blue eyes. She smells like fresh cut spring flowers and she grabs the flask out of your hand, takes three or four deep gulps. My, that's fresh rainwater. Thank you so much. I'm so tired. Would you mind if I sit at the fire? By all means. Okay. She sits down and she kind of pats the makeshift seat next to her and says, won't you join me? Um, yeah, I can sit for a little bit, but I, I have to keep watch. She extends her hand as you sit down. What's your name? Uh, Logan. Stormblast, man. And what is yours? Ah, my name's Ralia, and we're coming from the Golden City. I've been told there's a lot of great opportunities for young merchants in Nightvale, which is what I am. What are you doing out here with your group this time of night? Uh, we had a job. I, I work with the, uh, mer- the Omni Repair. It is a guild in, in Nightvale. And ma'am, if I may, I hope you don't think I'm overstepping my bounds, but Nightvale isn't the safest place. I've, I've been told. I've also been told that it's the only place you can make a name for yourself anymore, as the Golden City has several noble houses that have a monopoly on all trade. So if I want to make a name for myself and set myself apart from everyone else, I have to come to Nightvale, but I'd rather not talk about me. I'm a little worried. I came to ask for water. You sounded very sad, Logan. I I hope everything's okay. I, I hope everything will be all right as well. Just having a hard time. I'm an awfully I good... I was walking the right path and I seem to maybe have lost my way. I'm not sure what made you feel like you lost your way, but... I would trust my heart if I were you. My heart's telling me to go to Nightvale and to become famous and change the way trade is done across the country. If your heart was telling you to do something, I would trust that over anything else. And at this point, for whatever reason, you're reminded of your mother. That makes a lot of sense. I'm glad. Well, unfortunately, I need to get back to the caravan as it'll take me a little time to catch up. I hope we meet again when I am famous in Nightvale. I as well, Ralia. Please be safe, and if you ever need anything or are in trouble, please come to Omni Repair and just ask for Logan, Stormblast, or the Delta team, and I would be happy to help. All right, I will. Would you like more water? I would, actually. Thank you. And she drinks the water quite heartily and wipes her lips, bows to you graciously, and walks back to the caravan, and you see her trail off into the distance. Uh, I'll, like, watch after her to make sure she got back to her caravan all right, and then I'll sit back down and finish my watch, continue to clean my, my spear and shield. Your watch is uneventful outside of that, and it's morning at this point. Everybody wakes up. What do we do? 
Quick question. I don't sleep. I meditate. Did I hear all that? Let's just say I was far away. No, I won't say that you're far away. What was your... It's actually it's actually defined as a trance. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Then no, you did not. But, it, you know, it's only four hours. Right. He didn't say when he was going to do it. I'm going to DM it and say that was just for Logan. Cool. All right. Everybody wakes up. Everybody feels super refreshed. You are several hours outside of Night Vale based on walking speed. Uh, I'll pack up stuff. I'll start. I'll boil some water to make some oatmeal. And if I have any, like, fresh fruit or something, I'll throw it in. All right. It tastes great to anybody who eats it. I eat it. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, we all eat it. Fuck yeah. Friendship. Now I'm craving, now I'm craving oatmeal. <laughs> With got him, got him this steak last night of putting his sack on his shield and sleeping on it, and now he's got kink in his neck and it's kind of making him lose his appetite. So he's sitting there at the fire kind of like just rolling one of his shoulders around. Oh yeah, I'll take some. All right. What about that fresh fruit leg? You all have... A relatively calm breakfast. It tastes great. And now what? Uh, pack stuff up and head back to the city. You all head to the city and nothing stops you. You make it to Omni Repair about midday. As you get to the threshold of the door, a scent assaults your nostrils. It smells like sulfur and ash right outside of the door of Omni Repair, but nothing seems to be different. Is my horse spooked? Nope. Your horse is minding its own business. There's a fresh bucket of oats there, which is unusual as you're the one that sets it out. So there is something unusual. Your horse has got oats and you didn't give it to him. I'm going to walk up and pat it on the flank. Mm-hmm. It responds very casually to you. It kind of looks at you, thinks about being interested, and then goes back to eating its oats. I'm going to stick my hand into the oats and, and pick them up and kind of like just study them for a second. Mm-hmm. No Let's see how fresh they are. No check required. They're slightly old oats, but they're not toxic in any way, shape, or form. If they were rated on a scale, you would argue these are a five out of ten for oats. Oh, I'd be more concerned if they were super fresh. So, nope. They seem to be a day or so old, but you would know based on your horse's eating habits that whatever you put out, the horse would have easily finished. All right. Someone fed my horse. I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah, but almost no one feeds my horse but me. Uh, well, then that is a little suspicious. Anybody else notice that it smells like sulfur? Mm, I did. Yeah. I didn't know what that smell was, but yeah, it smells pretty terrible. Uh, I'm going to take my spear out. I'm going <laughs> to put my ear up against the door. Okay. I'm going to get I'm going to get next to him. I'll cast guidance on Logan before he goes up there. I like it. I'm going to go next to him on the other the other side of the other door, like right at the edge. Okay. And I'm going to put my shield in front of my chest and my hand on my sword hilt. And I'll give him a look and a nod that when he opens, I'll be the first to enter. I like this. This is good. Are we ready? 
Yeah. How do you open well, the door? I want to see if oh. I can hear anything first. Yeah. Roll me a perception check. Yep. Plus the D4. Uh, seven, 17. You put your hand up to the door, cup it around your ear, and try and listen in closely. You hear Volk conversing with somebody, but through the door, you can't make heads or tails of what the conversation is. There seem to be multiple entities in the room, and the voices are all unfamiliar to you, except for Volks, who is very, who has a very unique voice. I'll look at Ghanim, and I'll give him that look, and then I will kick the door open. You kick it open, and an unusual scene is unfolding in front of you. Volk is in his customary position, but there are two new characters sitting, or one is sitting at the opposite side of the desk, and the other is standing. There are two people, dressed in blue and black leather, and appear like a very motley crew. One is a half-elf with dark skin, a large hat, and a feather inside of it, and the other is a giant half-orc, about the size of Osmit, so roughly seven feet tall. His armor is more sparse on his body, and has a huge hammer and large blunderbuss strapped to his back. Oz, you instantly recognize these two as part of the Grimlock's mercenary group and that's where we'll end this episode for tonight uh... my name is scott riley i've been your story master and we're gonna outro uh logan tell them how you feel bud uh a little emotional respect osmit how you feeling bud like i'm about to throw vulk in a very deep hole he won't be able to crawl out of I like it. Is or Isvi, how do you feel? Hashtag bear life. Hashtag bear life. Superior to cow life question mark? Oh, it was fun. I liked it. Cows are a little too sassy. Bears have a little a little more freedom. You're telling me. Eugene Eugene, how you feeling, bud? That my friends are the only ones keeping me from despair. Preach, preach. And then uh Ghanim, your horse is fine. How are you? In reality. That half-orc is the same size as me. I'm a little shorter, and this is going to lead to a pissing contest. I feel it. I feel it. Well, I think uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and good night. Good night.